0: Bible to Acts chapter 16. We're going to talk about preaching the gospel and the importance of using every single moment for the kingdom. Who wants to sign up? Come on. Should be all of us, eh? We want to sign up. Man, I want to take Christianity from this kind of philosophy type thing to a way of life that is the most exciting anybody could ever experience anybody this is something worth dying for he died so that we might have life and now we have the wonderful opportunity of not only receiving this message but living it out uh, and making our lives available to him looking for the opportunities I tell you once you've kind of crossed that line and and taken the first step praying for somebody encouraging them or whatever uh, it's awesome Uh, from then on as you've been enlisted uh, you'll sense the leading of the spirit God will kind of speak to you about stuff Uh, there'll be gifts that'll flow through you he's anointing you'll create opportunity and I find that the most strangest of moments the grace of God is flowing, and I have the opportunity of speaking my brother recently told me that he's going to be losing his job kind of he's 66 going to be retrenched where does he go? what does he do? you know he's, he's at a loss So, when we had a meal with him, we prayed. Got a wonderful opportunity to encourage him that way. God creates opportunities for the gospel. We're going to see some weird opportunities today. You ready? Cool. Let me have a sip. So, I want us to hear the, the flow, the narrative from. Acts chapter 16, um, verse 17. So this is Paul and Silas in jail. Verse 16, Acts chapter 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. So the word for divination is the same root word for the word python. <laughs> Sounds vicious and evil, uh, It's like the enemy from the beginning kind of took the guise of a snake. And so divination gets its name from this, and all sorts of divination, fortune telling, and the rest, including vent. What's it, ventriloquism? They said that they were demon possessed, but meanwhile, I should just throw in their voices. But don't get distracted. Here, this girl has a spirit, and through telling fortune, her owners are able to make some money. She followed Paul and Silas, Paul and us, that Silas, Timothy, and Luke, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept on doing for many days. That would become irritating. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, (laughs) and you think she's advertising. How cool is that? Apparently the context can say a way of salvation or the way of salvation in Greek. It could mean either. But I think at the same time, if she could establish herself as the authority pointing out them also with gifts that can lead you to some kind of salvation, it kind of strengthens her as a fortune teller. And so Paul gets annoyed with this whole thing. It's obviously causing confusion. He turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. It doesn't matter how strong that spirit is. We saw with Christ uh, a, demo, a demoniac with you know, a legion. They say 2,200 demons, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. But in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. So it doesn't seem like it was instant, but over a period of an hour, I suppose she was telling fortunes, telling fortunes, and then there was nothing. The thing was gone. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. Our job is, is to disturb the city. (laughs) You know, later on we'll see Paul and Barnabas get accused of, or Paul and his team, of turning, you know, the place upside down. It's the status quo does not remain the status quo when the gospel comes. Because it challenges every comfortable and demonic and deceptive idol system, philosophy, and it shows us the way, the truth, and the life. And so the city is disturbed. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off the Paul and Silas and gave them orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows on them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Now, a little while earlier, they had that call, the Macedonian call, to go to Europe and preach the gospel. This is where it ends up. Yes, wouldn't you feel a little hard done, Bob? Goodness me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know? But this is how it goes with them. I just love their attitude. About midnight, uh, the, they put them in the inner uh, prison, fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Don't you like that? praying and singing hymns. It was just the overflow of their hearts. Love Jesus, it doesn't matter where we are, it doesn't matter what our circumstances. This kind of puts to bed this rose-tinted way of looking at Christianity. You know, everything about us, God is perfectly good and everything about the devil is perfectly evil. That's right. But at times, God takes us into the fire for the sake of winning the lost. That's how he does it, because he can sustain us. And then, this is what I've never seen before, and the prisoners were listening to them. Isn't that interesting? You know, they must have thought, this is the weirdest response to a whipping that we've ever heard. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. So, earthquake and a bit of a miracle And then it says, when the jailer woke and he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped because he would be held responsible. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, well, sounds like us as well, calling for lights, (laughs) and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Isn't that awesome? All of that to get to that point. What must I do? He'd probably heard them singing. He'd probably heard the reason why Paul was there. And now seeing all of what he saw and experiencing it, he knew his life had to change. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ Christ and tithe 25% of your income, and you will be saved and your household. (laughs) Isn't it awesome to know how straightforward and simple the gospel is? That's the gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, it is absolutely important, and that's why I think God has been challenging us. You can have it all, Lord. You see, believers saying, you're in charge, you're the Lord and I serve you. You're the Savior, and you, your salvation applies to every single area of my life. Believe in the Lord, and you'll be saved, and your household. And when, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him. He explained salvation, like what's happening with the guys at the back, and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour, the same hour of the night, and he washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up to his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So he was at this place where he was about to kill himself. And now he is rejoicing. Isn't that amazing? The day and night transformation. You know, I'm going to, that's it. I'm I'm gone. I'm finished. To, yeah, we are rejoicing. Total transformation. Total new life. Awesome. And then it says in verse 35, But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let these men go. Obviously, they realized it was a wrong thing. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent, have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, Mm-mm. They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens, and thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No, let them come themselves and take us out. Seems arrogant, doesn't it? It's like Paul is going to kind of just rub a bit of this in their faces just so that they can, you know, understand who's boss. The plei- uh, Sorry, let's go to verse 39. So they came and apologized to them and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. Why did Paul do that? Remember, the city was in an uproar. And people had seen those that caused the uproar go to jail. So further down the road, as this church is planted, Paul is aware that the gospel doesn't cause chaos. It brings about life. That's the chaos it causes. So he's basically fighting for the future of the gospel. In other words, you're going to do the right thing and let us go because the gospel adds, it doesn't take away, ever And then it says, they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. And there you have the account, that one, along with Lydia's conversion, of a church being planted in Philippi. It's interesting, that church becomes Paul's greatest support. And it says, even in your extreme poverty, you give towards me so that I can carry on ministering the gospel. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I love it. And so let's try and pull out some challenges over here. Uh, for me, the first thing is this, the way of salvation. Uh, you know, there, there is a way in this world that, that kind of seems right. And you know, you think of yourself before you were saved, you, you justified a lot of what you did. And you had a, a couple of, you know, help grannies across the road, don't do anyone in business, etc. These are the ways. But you yeah, firmly Against this backdrop of divination, uh, kind of it's almost like that's the center of it, the gospel comes, and it comes powerfully, and it shows us. Paul demonstrates that Jesus is the name above all others. And through the signs that follow and the miraculous conversion, we realize the seriousness and the power of this gospel, because it transforms, it transforms impossible situations And you see, in the process, it it doesn't matter about my comfort. You know, I might feel a bit put out or I might have to, you know, waste 30 minutes of my life or whatever. It's not important because people are going to get saved. He is the way of salvation. If that story tells me anything, that's who I need to be trusting in. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. And, I can't, and you see, it's not just that once-off belief. On an ongoing basis, every single decision I'm faced with, every situation I'm in, I want to believe in Him for the redemption in that situation. Every single small thing, I want to bring it before Him. We can't say this is Christianity in this environment and business decisions or family decisions or moving. You heard the, the story that Kim gave us of Lot. It is shocking. He chose what was comfortable, what was good, and what would prosper him. And in the end, his two daughters get him drunk, make love to him, so that his line may be perpetuated. And he's living in a cave. That's not the inheritance for God's sons and daughters. And you know, who are God's sons and daughters? Everyone. And Jesus Christ is the only way that we can restore that relationship. And so we want to, before you make that critical decision, did you hear what Kim said? Please come and speak to one of the leaders. Please do that. You know, I know times are tough and it's difficult and you know, you, you, you're kind of just feeling a little boxed in and perhaps your money or your degree or whatever can find you a, a route out. But let's run this by God first. Is this what you want, Lord? You can smile if you want to. There's a great scripture in Romans 8, 28. Obviously, Paul writes this after this experience, and it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Who of you quoted that scripture, especially when you're in major trouble? <laughs> yes, we quote this because we kind of hold on in faith that it doesn't matter how dark the day the, the night is or how difficult the circumstances or how furious the storm is God's there with me and he's going to help me through it but it does say over there those who are called according to his purpose that he's going to work those things together I think sometimes we bring on a storm because of our choices like Lot did and because we refuse to be obedient like Jonah did Sitting in the belly of a whale and saying, well, how on earth did I get here? Many of us have been in those kind of circumstances because of our bad choices. But even when we make the right choice, we're going to find ourselves in some of these circumstances. But we can trust God that they're going to work out for good. I don't think when they were sitting in there kind of thinking the gospel is going to go to Philippi and this town's going to be impacted. I don't think that was on the cards. All they were doing is, let's just praise God. You know what? it's dark, i mean, stocks, my back is bleeding, you know, I don't know about you Silas, but there seems to be a couple of big bug things on my back feeding off the blood, so what do we do? Let's all cry, you know, moan about how sad it is serving Jesus, you know, how sad I am, and then so on and so on, and let's gripe and complain. No, they didn't know that people were listening to them, but they praised and they prayed. Because I tell you it doesn't matter about circumstances, I will always serve him until I die or he comes back. It's a non negotiable. You can have it all, Lord. Of course these people heard, and I think that's important. You see, God's plan to open the door for many salvations, including the man that was holding them in prison. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You know, God's over there. He's watching this. He's seeing obedient servants, and the gospel goes forward. So I've got three challenges from this. First one, responding to negative circumstances. Responding. You know, responding in the right way. It's, it, it's vitally important. It, it really is. You don't know who's listening. Who's complained about electricity this past week? And pauseer. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Guptas are sitting in luxury and we sitting in the dark. Like I'll put my hand up for that one. <clears throat> okay, who's done it in the past three days? Mm-hmm. Past day? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But I wonder how many times in the situation, like they were in the dark, we're in the dark, <laughs> and we whinge and complain, but instead we find a reason to praise God. And pray. I tell you, people are going to hear, and it's going to impact their lives. And through that, God's going to use those circumstances to bring about His salvation. When they see a group of people that are not moved by the status quo, the consequences, the whatever it is we live in, but there's this trust and love for God. They didn't have an eye open and worshiping God, and the other eye was, I hope these guys hear us. No, it was just, you see, in all circumstances, you can have it all, Lord. You can have it all, electricity or no electricity. You know, seasons come, seasons go, but I'm going to serve you. I want to know how to respond in these circumstances. And, and you know, if, if Christ, for the sake of our salvation, had to lay down his life and endure the opposition and the persecution and the hardship and the difficulty and all the rest, and, and even his team uh, kind of disappeared at the key moment I want to serve you no matter what it takes Lord you see we're coming into some of the finest hours for the gospel that's why I thought we'd share these testimonies there are people getting saved regularly the gospel's powering forward God is pouring out his spirit our prayer meetings once a month on a Sunday night I want to encourage you to come to those there's such an incredible presence of God God's doing stuff. He's enrolling the priesthood to live the greatest adventure to start to know how to respond in negative situations. Because we do not know who's watching, who's observing, and through that they're going to be impacted by what they hear. Number two, salvation is by faith. In the Lord Jesus alone. Michael Eaton said this Opportunities for salvation often come suddenly and in a simple manner. We need to be ready and prepared to, be act, to act in that moment. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. It's not like now the, the, the uh, prisoner's ready or the prison guard's ready and hang on, I'll take you to our meeting on Sunday right then and there. We've got to use these moments that God creates so that people can be born again. And remember, it's easy. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not come to church. Once you're saved, you will want to meet with the believers. But coming to church doesn't save you. As we at that point of contact and that moment that God creates, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And the impact will be seen in your household as well. Isn't that awesome? What a privilege. I want to encourage us. Number three. Salvation has accompanying fruit. Salvation, like I said, he starts out as wanting to commit suicide, stab himself in his neck, his head, or I don't know what he was going to do, but he wanted to kill himself to this place of him and his household are rejoicing. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I love it. And there is only one joy that is going to last for the rest of my life, and that is because of my relationship with Jesus, because nobody can take that away. But what I also enjoy is the fact that we see obedience. He gets baptized, him and his family, rejoicing. You see hospitality. Uh, you can have it all, Lord. Care, and he gives them a meal. I just love that. And you see, that's what Christianity is about, is the person you saw before is totally transformed. I think the greatest act of a transformed life as my life and my home is open. Immediately invites them into his home, and here he is, the man who put the stocks on them, bending down and washing their wounds. Don't you like that? A transformed life. And I want to say to us, this gospel is not just to be set and in enjoyed it's how does it transform my life is my life open to him is everything I have available am I willing to wash wounds am I willing to feed am I willing to get involved in that way because that is the most practical way in which I become a disciple of Jesus remember that time when uh, he said you know if you haven't fed them it's like not feeding me if you haven't visited them It's like not visiting me. As you have done it unto them, you do it to me. Because God makes us agents of love in those situations so that we can see his kingdom go forward. You can have it all, Lord. This is is yours. This belongs to you. This life, this wallet, this set of assets, this house, this heart. I want to see how I can get involved. A lot of these guys that you heard up here, they help in a very practical way. They give food or they just to go and stand alongside a street person and show them love. You cannot imagine the value of that. Just to reach out and and with something God has blessed you with to be able to bless them. Good idea, Jonah. You and your team on the stage, please. (laughs) We're going to sing a song. I love that. Obedience. Have you been baptized since you've been saved? On the day we did one Sunday, we had about 500 baptisms there, There were 26. It felt like 500 to me. It was awesome. And that lady who got saved on the Saturday got baptized on the Sunday. Notice how long it took her to respond very quickly. If you have never been baptized, you, it's not a choice of, you know, does it suit me or not? Obedience is going to be set into your life at that point, and it's going to become easier for you to obey God. So come and speak to one of the leaders. We'll set you up for the next one. And is rejoicing a part of your life? When the lights go off, do you rejoice? Hallelujah. No, I think it doesn't matter. Who cares if the lights went off? I still love the king, and he loves me hospitality, is your life open, is your home open, have you ever invited anybody to your home, you don't have to give a slap up meal, have you ever looked at the needs of others and washed wounds, fed people, I I think these are all important aspects, so I want to encourage us with that, and then just lastly, there's this one verse, or these couple of verses from Philippians, I'll end with this, It says in chapter 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Now you know a bit of the history with the Philippians. I remember you guys and I thank my God for you. Always in every prayer mine for you, all making my prayers with joy. Man, this thing was birthed out of difficult circumstances, this church. But I pray for you. And then he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Isn't that lovely? We partner with apostolic team we partner with each other we partner with God in seeing the gospel go out so you want to know what the game plan of cornerstone is it's not a building it is to see the gospel go out in power and it's my prayer that every single one of us would become agents soldiers in the kingdom open to him to use the gifts that he has given us